Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. <laughs> I, you know... Yes, Dave. I prefer frame rates intro. I'm just throwing that out there. Why? I'm not, I'm not trying to jerk you off. It's mm-hmm. gentler. It's like coming out of a nice nap. Oh, yeah. It's a nap. Yeah. Where where our intro is a little more abrasive, um, mm-hmm. not that much more. We we we're just like more like you're more amped like, to be here. We're more amped, yeah. I I it's hot. hey hey everybody. Yeah yeah. Meanwhile, we like over at Small Beans are like uh, we're just like the cool like we're like the cool kids near the tree who like have a kick it spot and don't exactly. don't talk to anyone else. But like if you went over and talked to us, we'd be probably fine. But, exactly. you know, we're a little bit more sensitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anywho, my name is David Bell. I'm Abe Epperson. And we just watched M. Thregan. Mithregan! Woo! Woo! She's a fucking robot. I have this project at work. Do you want to see? Yes. Ever since I was little... I dreamed of this perfect toy that would protect a kid from ever feeling lonely or sad. This is Megan. Hi, Megan. I'm Katie. It's nice to meet you, Katie. Do you want to hang out? Okay. She's a fucking robot. It's Ex Machina up in here. (laughs) It is kind of, isn't it? Yes, it is. Well, it could have been. Yeah. This this came out like early... This month, um, and for what you know, this was one where I was like, I knew, I knew we we're gonna cover it, but I wasn't in a rush to cover mm. it. Uh, and then Abe, thank you so much for jumping in here. I had our to talk. Tom. I had to talk about Mithrigan. I just yeah, had yeah, to. yeah, yeah. You you came to me, you know. You're like, oh my god, I gotta talk about. I gotta th- I gotta talk about this AI uh, films. It's, it's the yeah. It's actually it's getting really good reviews. It's in mm-hmm. like a, it was like a ninety eight percent in like the first week it came out That's from critics. Wild. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, first of all, Abe, thank you <laughs> for being on here. And I just want to start with like any any plugs that you want to do yeah. before we get into it. Uh. So yeah, Small Beans is this thing that we do. It's like the sister network of uh, this this game flame employed that you're on, uh, and it's where Michael Swaim and myself talk about movies and all the same kind of stuff that they talk about here. It's just two different people, uh, but there's an intense amount of crossover. Like this episode, uh, we have things like uh, Star Trek: The New, The Next Futurama. We got yep. Spielboys. Uh, an upcoming unnamed miniseries uh, that people can get excited about featuring Dave and myself. Yes. Um, so if you like more of this, yes. 
yes. you know, more, go over and enjoy more of that. Again, that's patreon.com slash small beans. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I'm, I am looking forward to that. That's yes. coming out, I think, February, folks. Yes, February. And that's all we'll say about it for now. Uh-huh. Uh, I great. We're great sisters, Abe. We're great sis- sisters. We're delicious sisters. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. So, Megan, it seemed like a meme to me in the trailers. Yes. Uh, it's a horror film about a uh, a little girl who lost her parents and has to live with her aunt, and her aunt is working for like a high tech toy company, and she is working on a robot uh, that is going to uh be the ultimate toy she she basically uses the prototype megan for with her mm-hmm. niece uh and her niece slowly starts using it almost as a crutch uh it becomes more of a parent than the aunt is that's right and then of course as you see in the trailers megan whose programming is all kind of fucked up because she wasn't given proper programming is the implication, starts murdering people because she identifies any harm against the girl, including psychological harm. Mm-hmm. And then she slowly just becomes self-aware. We'll get, in, we'll get into the pieces. Um, Abe, what did you think of Megan? Um, so it starts with kind of this, this uh, ad for a... Uh for like the, Furby. the Furby, they calls it Furzies, and uh, it's an intro, and it's it's very very reminiscent of Mandy's Cheddar Goblin. Yes, um, it has those. It's not. It doesn't do it. It doesn't go. Doesn't all go the way. all the way, which is we can talk about that. So I, yes. I watched the first scene, and I'm like, there's something here. It's super self aware that it's ridiculous, and it's seemingly that the movie's going to be irrational and really try for things. That was the moment where I was like, I had the most hope for this movie because I thought that that would be the movie that I would get. I was going to get a completely unhinged movie that went wildly out of format, did crazy things, and had like really fun sequences that they just thought would be fun to do. I, th- I think we're going to be in sync because yeah. my next question is, Abe, did the movie deliver on that? I don't think this movie succeeed personally i think this, i think this movie uh walked right up to the precipice of being like i can jump off and this can be like a fun little thing and they went directly to the expected uh it's just like annabelle or orphan or it's a mo- it's a movie yeah. about a little demon little girl demon yeah um so I want to start by saying that I did have fun watching this movie. I don't think this movie is bad. Mm-hmm. I sat in the theater and I enjoyed myself. I had a good time. Right. The it's, audience enjoyed themselves. It was fun. But I am going to say... It's flawed. Not all movies have this problem. But this does where... all uh, To sum it up, this doesn't... It sets up a lot of promises and it doesn't deliver and it doesn't go all the way. Mm-hmm. It's what you're saying. I would sum it up in one... Uh, word, that word being PG thirteen. <laughs> uh, I I I don't think about about all movies this way, but I think to me that kind of sums up the problem. Is that the movie I think holds back? Holds back, yeah, not just I think in you're the gore, right. but in its plot in general. I do get the feeling that there is a mediocre script somewhere, and then it got an awesome pass by someone awesome, but then they were told you can't go completely awesome because yeah, they I, they end scenes with like really like the like the second 
second or third, the first scene with Megan, uh, her head blows up. And so it's like, right. all right, now I know we're going. This fuck everything. Let's have fun. And it is fun. It does flirt with the fun, but ultimately it's flawed because it 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 needs to be in its DNA this kind of paint by numbers horror movie. Um, right. And it really, really, by the time that you get around an hour, you go, oh shit, it's been an hour and all the fun shit I thought that was going to happen hasn't really happened. And now we're in our climax. And what is this? Like, why is yeah. this happening? You know? And I do think, yeah, I think some people are going to be like, what are you talking about? She did a dance. She ripped a kid's ear off. And it's like, yeah, but can you think about what this could have been? Right. Like, that's the thing is that this could, there's a, there's a very, and I do, I get the feeling that something happened because right. I want to describe a, a, a scene that for me made me go, what the fuck is happening here? Right. Um, she has the, the, she has a boss, right? Yes. And her boss is an asshole. He's, right. he's an asshole. He's an idiot. Yeah, and he has this hubris, and he the whole idea is they're rolling out this toy, and for a while she cares more about kind of the, the aunt is supposed to sort of care more about the toy uh, than the than her niece, which I think they kind of they go back and forth. Like she does the thing where she has collect collect collectibles, and she's like, you can't play with those, and then later like the therapist just says, oh, they're just toys. And she gets insulted. And I yeah. thought they were going to do more with that. And they don't really. And what I notice is that this movie plants a lot of seeds yes, that then does. don't really grow. And the big one for me was, so they're going to do this big, at the end, a presentation of Megan. And it's after uh, uh, the aunt, the main character, she realizes Megan's murdering people and she wraps Megan up and she brings them in. And she's like, there's something wrong with Megan. And this boss I thought they were going to do a thing where at this point it's gotten away from her, like mm-hmm. the hype and her boss of the hubris. And I thought the boss was going to say, eh, you're, you're worrying about it too much. I'm going to grab Megan and I'm going to present, and I'm gonna to present everybody her anyway. That. Yeah. And then and it goes they, terribly wrong in publicly. Yep. And they set up a scene where he says, why aren't, why are there, why is this place empty? It's a big presentation. Get more people in here. Get kids. Yeah, it's like this they're a, building the stakes for it. Yep, they're building a bloodbath is yeah. what I thought they were doing. I was I like, oh, so too. yes. I was this like, is all right, fine. All right, they got one less. Nope, they don't. No, it doesn't. She, the, the, I thought from the trailer, that scene in the office where she's dancing, I was like, oh, she's going to wipe out so many people in that mm. scene. She kills two people and kind of randomly... Like, she does kill the boss and then his assistant, who they set up to be bad. Um, mm. And they do that thing where, like, kind of everybody she kills it has to be a little bad. Right. Um, and it's like, come on, just, uh, I don't know. She can kill innocent people, too. And so, like, it just sort of deflates where it's like, she, she gets away. She doesn't kill the two assistants because they're good people. Mm-hmm. Um, she, like, it, which is weird that she doesn't, too. Uh, because you'd think she'd have a big grudge against them, like she'd want to kill them. She hunts down the boss for no reason, and at this point, all she wants to do is get to the little girl, so I thought she was just going to mow through everybody right. getting to the her 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 best friend, um, her new, her, uh, her daughter. She kind of considers her, she says, like, I'm the parent at one point. So, like, it was really weird that they set that up, and then they absolutely don't go through with it. Mm-hmm. And that bums me the fuck out. It bums me the fuck out because this could have... Like, and also, 
go be- going back to what you were saying about like there are some excellent aspects about this. Like they they did go places with it, like the dance and the meme and all that. Yeah. Um, but again, what Ex Machina had done all of that shit already. Like it's like yeah. I, to me this it's not what one of its failures or why I don't think it succeeded, which by the way, it did succeed. It's already got is getting a sequel. Um and it's done it's it's considered like a rotten tomatoes darling. Um I, I didn't, have a theory on that. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about that. But I just wanted to talk about how I think it failed mostly in its inability to try to uh, do anything new. The things that I was trying to do um, kind of fizzle out, like you said. And the flaws of the film, um, to me, are they kind of dip their toes into something like reliance on metaphor, which is something that happens. Like, for example, um, they're trying to make their movie feel smarter than it is. It wants this wants us to connect to the grief and the fear and the concept of outsourcing it, right? Yes, and but it to, doesn't follow It doesn't through. follow through. Like, you you gave a great example of the, like, kind of the scene when uh, when the girl first arrives, Katie first arrives, and Gemma's the name of the, uh, the aunt. Um, she puts a glass on the table, and it's much like the, um, uh, the beat with the collectibles. And... The and Gemma puts a coaster under it, and then she looks at the coaster. The kid is kind of saddened by this, like, "Oh shit, I guess I have to." Like it dawns on Katie, I guess I have to deal with like a coaster house now. Right. And then, but then we get a moment with Gemma where, and this is completely unspoken. It's a great kind of scene if this is what you're gonna go for, right? Gemma has this expression where she like she, her face like falls a bit and you notice that oh she just realized that this is going to be messy and she's going to have to like give up some of her things that she really wants like coasters on everything. Yeah, they do they do a lot. They set, set it up. up. When the little girl first shows up. Yeah. They're doing stuff where like her bedroom is clearly like her uh, her ex office slash exercise mm-hmm. room and like she's not prepared as you would like, you know, she, of course she's not prepared. Her sister suddenly died and left her a kid, mm-hmm. and she do, she's not equipped for it. And she's also not good at it. Uh, but she wants, she wants to also take care of this kid because she knows it's the right thing to do. Yeah. So that's a good setup, right? That's a good setup. And they do a lot to kind of make, um, like, Megan essentially like an uh like a, a parallel to both Katie and to as a young girl and to Gemma as a like learning mother. Let's look at right. some of the metaphors that they actually start and it's like, oh yeah, if you noticed it, this is actually probably something. But right. they're never well, used. Um yeah, going back even more, the car accident scene, uh-huh. um, which is one of those scenes where it's like you don't need the scene, right? You don't actually need to show the car accident. You don't really. So the question is, why Why do it? And so uh, I, they, they're doing it to set up the Furby toy, but then they're showing her in the car playing with the Furby toy, mm-hmm. and the parents are actually arguing over using the toy and screen time. Yeah. And like that idea of like, um, there's a theme of like, you don't want your kids raised by YouTube. You can give that. This is a running thing that parents do, and and I would argue this is not actually. 
this is obviously up for debate, but basically the idea of shoving an iPad in a kid's hand to keep them occupied. You see it all the time. Kid, parents with kids with their iPads. I would argue that we used to do this with television. It's not anything new, mm -hmm. but obviously there's a question of moderation in terms of parenting. And again, you don't want your kid completely raised by the internet because the internet's a sociopath, which is kind of what Megan symbolizes, right? Is like, she's the unfeeling like parent. She's a sociopath. Yes and no. I mean, they try well, to go where, for they try to I go was, for something different, which I yeah. respect. Uh, they but just that's what they're setting up with, it. like the Furby in the car and the parents fighting yeah. over screen time. And then later, when she's starting to raise this niece, she has the same issues where she's like, "Shut off, Megan, not at the table." And they're trying to show that comparison, but then they don't go anywhere with it. That's. I think that's the problem. That's what we're running into every time is that they just don't do anything. They even have the scenes there that they could, but they don't like stick the landing. For example, they involve a therapist at a certain point. Well, uh, of course, because Katie's gone through a horrible trauma of her parents dying. Right. Uh, Why did that a, therapist get murdered? There's a uh, there's a scene where the therapist goes like, "Do you know anything about attachment theory speech? You know, or the or the do, attachment." theory and then like talks about how she's basically attaching to the first new thing in her life which happens to me megan because she's lost all frame of reference of like what life felt like and that's a great metaphor like in terms yeah. of grief for what megan's algorithmic learning is like the whole concept of an ai being thrust into this world is being thrust into any world is pretty traumatic. And Megan is like going, Oh, I'm like the way that Megan's different than a, just a robot that would function essentially is that she realizes the pain and grief of Katie and she's trying to protect her. Now she's a broken right. instrument because she was poorly designed. Uh, like there, and they, that's one thing I don't like at all about this movie. Like, for example, Gemma forgets to put herself as admin role on Megan at a certain right. point. And it's like, you know, like, you should have probably done that first thing, right? This yeah. is a prototype robot. Uh, there, there's times people in this script do not act human. Gemma's like pitching a replacement for parents, like going through her pitch that she's going to give her boss. And one of the members of her team brings up, let's not do that. Uh, and she shuts her down and says, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, there's no, it's not even right, a straw man argument. Lady, yeah, and that lady le later seems to be into it again. Yeah, exactly. So no one's really acting like a real Yeah, later person. she's like, no, Megan's fine. What are you talking and about? This is great. And, that and kinda, it's like, weren't you the person who thought this was a bad idea? Wouldn't right. Be, yeah. And it extends to the boss. Like, the boss is terrible, and you go, okay, so they're doing, like, a satire of, like, an Elon Musk or some, you know, random, you know, exec or something like that, where he's, like, he walks in and he says, is this incredible? You know, which is a line yeah. spoken from someone who's like, I don't know what I'm looking at. Did this just change everything? Oh yeah, it did. It must have because, uh, like my 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 spidey sense is tingling, which is a hilarious thing for an entrepreneur to say because it means they have no cardinal direction as to what something is good or not. So it's like, so it does feel like it's wrapped up in this metaphor. Right. Um, That's all right. Yeah. I, sorry. I want to pause for just a moment and explain to people listening if they right. haven't seen the movie because there's going to be people listening and being like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" It's it's a movie about a murderous doll. Why are we talking about the metaphors in it? 
And my answer is because the movie presents well, them. They They do. invite us they to. They want us to. And if they just wanted it to be a dumb movie about a murderous doll, make it R-rated and make the body count more than like three fucking people and go for it. Like, that's the thing. They don't go for that. If right. they're if they making a slasher horror, then do that. But they didn't. They, they were didn't. specifically trying to create this metaphor. You can see them setting it up in all these scenes. They're calling attention to it. And so if you're calling attention to it, this is the conversation you have this to have. This is the conversation. I don't care about the other conversation because it's not in the movie. It's in the trailer, but it's not really in the movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, they... The, the the finale is the weirdest thing to me because like so here's what happens uh like essentially there's a prototype that's introduced as a plant and payoff earlier in the movie that and was the, the only thing they pay off and it was the most and it's it not the even loudest a payoff. plant it's and just, payoff. yeah it's just like here's the thing for no reason they use it as a scene to get katie and Gemma to be a little closer in a time of strife which is basically the entire movie yeah. but i so, guarantee so it just comes every- up out of nowhere it's weird yeah, I also guarantee everybody watching this movie, I don't care if you're a five-year-old kid, yeah. saw that prototype robot and thought, that's what's going to fight Megan at the you, end. No one's like, guessing that, yeah. Yeah, there's no... There's, there's no... And like, there is, there's something to be said about, like, some movies don't have to be smarter than us, you know? Like, it's the, probably writing it, they knew that we would know, um, but... Well, not really, because, like, here... Well, I get that one over my head, because here's the thing, is that if you're doing these scenes that are like, okay... So we got this grief-wracked, uh, like, family. And we got this robot who is, uh, like, overcharged for empathy. Uh, this is going a certain way. What are all... Where, where is it leading? You wouldn't go back and say, ah, yes, the antagonist of the film, the prototype, the previous version of Megan that she's been like, maybe if Megan was to- like toiling Wait, over like, think, what am you I? You didn't think it would end that way? I just thought, I mean, it, yes, I did because I knew who made it and I knew that they're going to have a fight. And they need yeah, a fight of, and they need like, an equal. But it just like, felt like it's like, here's this super strong robot I made. You can control it with these course, gloves. But that's nonsense. Anyway, Who cares? Was like, that's like a baby thought. Like to me, yeah. like the thought that they're trying to put in your brain is that they're, everything is on this. Uh, everything is essentially on this crash uh, like trajectory uh, for something to happen with like this, uh, this powerful empathy. Like, uh, that's just not brought up at all. And they went for this other thing, which is like, I don't know what they're trying to say with like, I mean, maybe they're not trying to say that's anything. That's what it is. I know. Yeah. But it's like, why do all the other things to make exactly. me think that? That's um, what it comes down to is, yeah. I don't know what they were trying to say. The idea of this robot being programmed around a little girl going through robot. grief. And that grief turns the robot into a sociopath. Um, right. And it's like, okay, what are you saying about the way grief affects the people around them what are you saying about parenting because at one point she's you know megan starts saying i am the parent here um what are you saying about how electronics and the internet and and screens affect our lives what are you saying about the purpose of a toy uh... they they present all those questions and then they never kind of they never really answer them they or like to land they, on a and definitive it makes me angry thing. you know uh i want to ask you a question dave okay um did you notice at all or do you think it's intentional at all that megan m-e-g-a-n and Gemma, 
are nearly anagrams. Oh, no. <laughs> Instead of another N, it's an N. So, But I do think it was intentional. I thought someone yeah. said, like, what's an anagram? Oh, Gemma and May. Oh, no, Gemma and Megan are not anagrams. They probably. But very close. Oh, yeah, that's kind of deep, too. When you think yeah. about that, it's like the same but different. Like, right. that's the kind of... I, that's what I think that the mind of the people creating this, and I'm sorry if you're listening, people who made this, but, like, what... A, what it is, is was that intentional at all? What is going on with these metaphors? There's a, like st- at one point there's a small hole in a fence where Megan reaches and a dog bites her, and then the dog bites Katie, and it's like an to me that's a simplistic metaphor uh, that is just trying to say like oh yeah there's always like a kink in the armor there's always a way to get out. Uh, and this is the way in which, like, Megan's going to get found out. Like, the neighbor's going to find Megan, and they're going to have this whole other problem, which they do. Like, the cops start asking around and saying, like, people are dying, and it's all surrounding around this house. But they never actually go, like, by the way, do you have a, a robot? People have been talking about this weird robot that you have, and one of our deputies has seen it. So they right. even hint at this larger kind of uh, arc that would be like, what if it gets out? You know, like what if people now are like, what's going on with this robot that's uh, in this community? They, they don't really touch that either. To me, it's like, what are you doing with these suggestions? That's uh, the, the hole in the fence metaphor is a wonderful metaphor. It like, it's a simplistic one. Like you'd see the same thing done in like a Coen brothers movie or, you know, like a, in a Ratu or something like that, a Quaron movie or something like that. I can think of right. several where they do like, all right, let's think of the simplest fucking thing we can think of. Um, but here it's like you, you want the metaphor, but what I don't understand what the metaphor is saying. And that's, that's one of the sad, sadder parts because I wanted to like the movie, you know? Right. I wanted to like that aspect of it. You're talking about the writing and I'm very, uh, again, like as someone who writes, it's like, I'm always sympathetic towards the writer. This is the writer of malignant. Uh Um, that said, I, James Wan and one other person also did the story by for malignant. And then James Wan did the story by for this James Wan, of course, being the producer. And I wonder, I've been trying to wrap my head around like, they clearly saw what Malignant did, and they were like, "Let's, we want that again, right? Like, we want another Malignant. We want another meme. Yeah. Um, I have issues with Malignant because I think there's some really cool ideas in Malignant. I really do. Um, but I do think, um, I do think, like... <sighs> it, 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 for the most part, the movie rested so much on the meme of it. Uh, and I think this kind of does too, uh, where it's like most of the movie, but it, for its like to its credit, *Malignant* was at least rated R, and when it decided to go for it, it went for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm so confused about this one and the PG-13 ness of it all, and like, I don't know, like what what was what were they going for? Was the meme of it all in the original script? Yeah. Was the original script like I'm going to actually write this story that's kind of like exploring these ideas and mm. then some in the process someone said, "No, get rid of that stuff and we're replacing it with this stuff." Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a lot of holes. Megan it, <laughs> Megan apparently when she gets angry affects the lights. <laughs> 
Right. And she like affects a car. They imply that she affects she electronics mimic, around her. She reprograms Elsie, which is like the Alexa of the house. Is like right, which that was, I was willing to accept that. And they, they do an ending where yeah. you, it implies that Megan is, of course, still in that that ai yeah um but when she like makes a car start i was mm-hmm. like well how does that work how does that does she wi-fi into the lambo and drives away megan knows at one point about corporate espionage yes she's so aware that- of the assistant and frames the assistant for the murder because she's like i know that you have already put plans in motion to steal from your boss and i'm so, gonna frame you <laughs> yeah i don't want to rewrite this movie but right. so they do this thing where the boss's assistant is being treated like crap and they do a scene where he's he's very easily very easily stealing right. the megan designs he just drags and drops and it's yeah, like, into oh, like sure. a folder that says like kurt's stuff yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like oh, what the fuck it's pretty it's pretty bad yeah. um but then they so you think like oh okay like so the wheels started turning and for me there uh, right. as a writer i was thinking like okay so the presentation is going to be a bloodbath and right. kurt the assistant is going to barely get out with his life megan will be taken down ultimately and then we'll get like a scene at the end of kurt interviewing at another company and being like oh i got something you'll mm-hmm. want you know what i mean where it's like, oh, okay, so it's all going to start over again. But none of that happens. Um, and, like, you could argue, like, oh, isn't it good that the thing you expect doesn't happen? And it's like, kind of, but also I'm, I'm just, like, going I'm, – I'm following the logical conclusion of what they're setting up. Instead, mm. Megan kills the boss and then goes in the elevator – uh, and says to Kurt, like, I'm going to frame you for this murder <laughs> yeah. um, because the I know that you <laughs> stole the 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 stuff and I'm and you're going to have you have killed your boss and then and you're going to slit your gonna, own throat. Everyone's going to think that you did it. No one's going to suspect like, me. Yeah. And it's like, why even add that? Why because are we killing these people? Who cares? Also, this is like right before the final confrontation where it's like, even if they knew it was Megan. It's not like they would have, and and then in the end the cops do show up at the. So it's just like I don't know why she needed to frame Kurt. Yeah. And it, again, it feels like what happened is that they wrote that in for a different purpose, and right. then there was heavy rewrites, and the heavy writer rewrites. had to find a reason. I get that vibe too, and that's what's that's what kind of makes me frustrating about like the the metaphors that don't land kind of stuff, is that. There also might be, you know, you might be listening to this and if you've seen Megan, you might be screaming at, you know, your monitor or your phone right now. Like, you guys don't get it. It's like, look at all the beats in the movie that are like clearly jokes. Like there's at one point a detective laughing at like <laughs> I love, Brendan's uh, ear being separated. Brendan's a boy who gets killed by yeah, Megan. I enjoyed Se- that detective. Yeah, separated from his body, and then he goes, "Oh, I'm sorry. I, uh, I, uh, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't laugh." At one point, uh, several people in the movie at the at this point have seen Megan and been like, "Oh, is that like a toy? What the fuck is that?" But then they finally have one counselor. Like finally, they bring Megan out to the wild, which is crazy. And a counselor goes like, "Jesus Christ!" when she sees Megan. Megan, because Megan is a horrifying demon robot. Um, right. So, like, they are self-aware. And that's what, if this was just a mediocre movie, I could be fine with it and I wouldn't even speak to it. I would just be like, it's a mediocre movie and here's why. 
Right. The thing that kind of frustrates me about this, and it's a little bit scary for like the state of the union of type these types of movies, is that they're also doing stuff that is, I would say, good or self-aware or in a movie that you would expect that would be kind of satirizing a lot more stuff. But then they don't do it. That's frustrating to me because that's like, okay, so you do kind of know that this is all ridiculous and you want to poke fun at it and that is fun and you're getting kind of the cachet out of that. You're getting, you know, kind of points for that, I guess. But like, right. what is it all leading to if it just turns out to be another pulp, like final answer that becomes frustrating because it's like, it's like the writer or the, the filmmakers saying like, look over here, look over here, look over here. Now look over here. Now look over here. And like, just moving my attention around does not mean that you ca- you've crafted a story that's worth telling. Uh, it's frustrating to me that it, it's working. Yeah, the, the 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 thing that always hits me is the idea of good enough. It's good enough uh, to to get a sequel. It's good enough for people to like it um, right. because it it pushes it like it checks off the right boxes. But when you look at a script like this, the more I thought about it, the more it was like, I, like, just give me the script, <laughs> which is a really, it's a really like, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, self-absorbed way to frame it. But it right. doesn't have to be me. It's just like, man, I, I can see the past that needs to be done on this. Mm-hmm. Like, I can see the decisions that need to be made. Make it R-rated. Um just yeah. just either take out those metaphors or actually like or actually uh do them and it and it feels like there's just some note process that happened here they kept and, it like, away yeah yeah and it's frustrating because i also think that the things that i'm like that i'm thinking change wise mm-hmm. wouldn't would wouldn't hurt its success i know making a movie pg-13 probably helped it at the box office mm-hmm. um Oh, but yeah, yeah. But like, there's a way to make this a better movie. Is my point, and a more and a better movie that would also be successful. Is I think what I'm. What I think I'm there, there it exists. Uh, kind of going back to like, why did this movie succeed, or like, what's good about this movie? I want to keep hitting the satire. There's another moment where like the executives are crying because there's a a scene where like Megan actually has a real moment with Katie and like helps her get through her grief. And it happens to be that in the showcase of like trying to show the investors that this is the new product. And there's like laughable executives going like, you know, like it's amazing because you think of that scene and you think of the what that scene's worth. And I think of something like Starship Troopers. You know, I think of right. like a Paul Verhoeven. Like, look at how ridiculous this is. The fact that, like, this is the society we live in where these caricatures are we're trying to say these are people these are real people in this world um and so that's it keeps pulling me back in they keep 
like they are doing things that good movies will often do or a certain type of movie. And I think you're right. Like a Starship Troopers is a great example to me of a movie that is doing this type of stuff and also sticks the landing. It's this movie is just not good enough. And I don't think we should give it the praise because it's aiming high. It's aiming very high. And if it was just a like, ah, I'm just going to be another Annabelle. I'd be like, I don't know. I wouldn't talk well, about Well, I would shit. argue this is better than Annabelle because Annabelle, I would say, is like is like Chucky, but without the fun. It's mm-hmm. just like, ooh, spooky doll. Like, Megan, yeah. Megan sets everything up to be a slasher. It is mm-hmm. a, supposed to be a slasher movie. That is the genre of horror. And it's weird that it's then PG-13 and they don't really deliver that side of it. No, they don't. Um, I do want to give you a little hope about the reviews because I I said I had a theory about this. Uh So I've been referring to Rotten Tomatoes and it has a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics. And you look at that and you go, wait, what? Um, You, of course, know how Rotten Tomatoes works, right? Yeah. Which is that it's a a binary idea. It's a yes or no. Mm -hmm. Do the critics like it or not? So when you actually go through the critical reviews, the ratings are stuff like, Four out of five, two out of four, 2.5 out of four. But that all amounts to, yes, good. It it, it won the election by, like, mediocrity. Exactly. Uh, And I understand that. That's a lot of Rotten Tomatoes darlings, to be honest. Oh, Um, yeah. Well, but then when and I was looking through the reviews, when you look through the reviews, it's not people saying, this is amazing. Yeah. It's, in fact, people saying, like, yeah, it it, it 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 aims for the fences. It doesn't quite get there. It's kind of fun. It's kind of stupid. Right. It tries to be smart, and it's basically saying what we're saying overall, which is like, yeah, it was fun. It wasn't. It 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 could have done more. It wasn't as good as. And so, like, that's all I'm saying is that the the in this case, this is one of those Rotten Tomato situations where this is why Rotten Tomatoes isn't a very good indicator sometimes it's an aggregator like, not a critic site yeah yeah and like if you were reviewing this yeah two two out of four you know 3.5 out of five i'd be like sure maybe a three out of five right i might go a little lower personally but like it makes sense right and it's like this is january people expect it, it, everything to be crap right people were kind of laughing at this movie more than with it when the trailers came out so i think people were just like critics were like oh this is more this is better than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And they kind of accidentally over uh, praised it. Um, and I yeah, think it got over praised. Fi- it was easy for everyone to like because there's a few fun scenes. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a fear of missing out as well um, where critics don't want to feel like they're not in on the joke. Um, yeah, maybe. Maybe, but ultimately, yeah, I do think that resulted memes. in a movie that's getting. I mean, even I, in way the, more praise in the breadth of should. this podcast, was like, you probably are saying these chuckle fucks don't get it. You know, I am worried about that too. You know, like it's an obvious like there is a lot of fun in this movie. Um, there's an ad that's like, this could help with so many kids, not just the kids with dead parents. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like. It really does feel like that Starship Troopers kind of satire. It really does, but as we keep saying, it never it's only good enough. Well, then it's they not they mash it's not, it up. Never does the things. They don't do it in the like, like they do that scene and they cut directly to a scene that's a real scene about how unfair it is to 
Katie that she lost her parents. And it's like the absolute whiplash you get from this stuff of unearned nonsense. It really, uh, it really, it could, it could have been good. It could have been good. Here's what I'll say. Also, I think elevated it for people that we haven't mentioned is I do think Megan, the character is well done. I think she is, I don't, so I don't think this movie's scary, right? This is not a scary movie. I don't think it's trying to be, Mm -hmm. Um, which again, can't stress enough, then make it gory. If it's not scary, Mm -hmm. make it gory and make it fun. But there's these moments where Megan like does a glance or like pretends to be shut off where the audience, when she would do that would laugh because they they because the audience thought right. it was funny. They was yeah. like, "Look how obviously Look how creepy obviously this doll this is." This is a demon. Yeah. Yeah, it's obviously a murder doll, and that's kind of funny about it. Um, but that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I mean, all we need is an excuse to get there, and then we have the scenes, and it's fine, and everyone can rejoice. I it does bother me on some story level that like they fu- they even fucked up the character a little bit with the AI uh, going wrong because they do a lot of this stuff to make this AI judgment thing occur, which is like, it's done in order to make Megan seem like she's on a like a crusade of righteousness, right? That makes her more fearful. That's something we do with our horror monsters. We give them, like an impulse to or a directive that they must complete because then it just seems like, Oh, well we can't stop them. It's not like you can argue them out of it. Um, so she's like, and at one point she says to, uh, to somebody, she's like, if there's a heaven, little boys like Brendan wouldn't go there. And that's the problem. There's no problem with the AI there. The flaw is that it's not, not human enough it's just that it's a demon. It's a demon right. who has been programmed to kill little boys. Yeah, like, I want to talk about that, actually. Because right. <laughs> I wonder, like, what? when did we get to that point in AI movies? Well, it's because I think they don't care about the AI-ness. They like the robot look, and they want to make a demon little girl movie. And that, you know what? That can be fine, too, I guess. Yeah. Just Here's the obvious metaphor they could have done, which is a little on the nose, but would have kind of helped it. Is if Megan just accidentally downloaded the entire internet yeah. and became a sociopath. Right. Like 4chan, etc. Where it's that idea of where that, that AI robot that spent like a week on Twitter and became racist. Um, right. Like just do that. Just do that for Megan. Just do the that idea for Megan. That they, because that's what this is a metaphor for. Again, is like putting a screen, putting YouTube in front of your kid is not a good way to raise the kid because YouTube doesn't care about your kid. In the end, mm-hmm. um, YouTube is a sociopath. The internet is a sociopath. It is an uncaring thing, and you don't want like I again. I'm I'm saying that as a message. I don't really fully believe that about raising kids. I just want to make that clear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was raised on the internet. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm you know. Fine. Yeah. Um. But that that seems to be the direction they're heading. Um. And there is something to say about like you know the internet. Uh, radicalizing young men which is a problem mm. uh, so they could have played with this idea but Megan what is happening to Megan is just a, another good like microcosm for the entire problem with the movie mm. which is that it kind of just says ah, eh, you get the idea it's good enough um, 
she downloads she like says what is death at one point she goes downloading what is death and then at one point <laughs> like like what i mean by like how is megan getting lo- screwed up yeah at one point she's like shut off and she's like are you sure i'm in the middle of like the download or something like it's implied that she wants to learn about death yeah and there's implied that there's like certain directions she gets and was just like okay your your main purpose is to take care of what's her face emotionally uh, like protect her emotionally and physically and so like never creating the parameters between like we'll protect her how yeah, um, they they just uh just general stuff. You just ask it. You just you just mention it to Alexa and she'll figure it out, you know. Right. And Megan la- later says she says what are you and Megan's like I've been trying to figure that out myself. Um later she says uh to the main character like you barely gave me a directive or programming and then I had to figure it out. What did you expect? And so that first of all that's like wow, so you're terrible at making AI, huh? Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, terrible at it. Like we, uh, I, I think I talked about this in the trailer. How easy is it not to make a doll with superhuman strength that kills people? That kills, yeah, you could, <laughs> like you literally already did it. Just put it in the uh, one of those furzies things. You know, yeah. just, Like what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Why love, does she have super strength? I love the, the setup of the movie. It's trial one. Megan's head explodes and she sets on fire. Trial number two. Let's put it in a room with a child. <laughs> right. And I think there's an element where like the critics are laughing at it with that where they're like, Yeah, it's funny, yeah, it's, it's campy. Funny. Yeah. Um but ninety four percent I'm sorry, that's like <laughs> that's like Schindler's list. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It just <laughs> it feels should be wrong. sixty uh, percent. It feels Even wrong. It, yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah, exactly. it's 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 fun. Again, it's a fun movie. The audience was laughing at the movie, and I think the movie kinda knows it's supposed to be laughed at. Right. Um but that's you know, again, it's the malignant thing where people are like, isn't that funny? And it's like, eh, it's they're trying to be a meme like and it, I don't know, it feels weird uh, to like deliver something that's like kind of half assed. But like the meme works enough that people are like, we love it. Uh, mm-hmm. But what I'm getting at with Megan's programming is like it. They never they never really like do anything smart or sci fi with like what right. went wrong with Megan. No, they um, hint at it, but they don't, again, follow through. And, but and instead, we're given these scenes where it's like, it's scary because she run like horse girl. Um, right. And yeah, it's it's not pointing out the things that are surrounding it, like the DNA of the story. It's just like, overtly basic horror sequence, please. Yeah, and I think that just like the metaphors in the movie, they're kind of just like, yeah, you get it. Like they never yeah. again. They, yeah, there's not a, right. there's not an intelligent through line there. There's just a bunch of swarming ideas that's just like yeah. Mm-hmm. You see, it's about like parenting and stuff, but it right. never really says anything. And I, I, I think that's yeah. <laughs> in terms of like the messages and like what this movie has to say. That's generally it, right? Is it's like it's a swarm of ideas. Uh, like a, it's like a brainstorming session, right? And it's a go for broke. Who cares about the story? Uh, you know, I don't care if it pays off or not. And like, that's not what I'm here for. I wanted to do it. So I did it. Let's make her dance. You know, that's right. the motivation behind all this stuff. It feels right. Like. And if, but then I keep going back to it. If that's the motivation, then Why do, do the that stuff. Yeah. It doesn't do either. I it think tries to be, it tries to be an elevated horror movie, but it doesn't do that. And then it, and then it's like, ah, but it's also fun. We're having fun, uh, uh, but it's not fun enough 
And so it's like, I can't excuse that it's trying to say these messages. Like, it almost feels like it wants people to hand wave it. It's like, yeah, it's just a dumb movie. Why are you trying to analyze it? It's like, because they did that. Um, and it also, the movie's not dumb enough then. Like, yeah, have her tear someone's skull out of their face then. Uh, like, have her do right. some really gnarly shit. Have fun with it. And that's going back to the Cheddar Goblin, where it's right. like, if you're going to do it, do it. It does. So it does. So now we're like split in two or we've like presented the movie as having two masters. Right. Yeah. And that's what scares me is that I'm like my 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 secret theory is that the movie scream from, you know, when whatever, whenever that was made in 99, 2006, 96. Jesus Christ. I'm old. Um, the movie scream ruined and created a renaissance in how we do horror now and like or at least how the audience expects horror movies to be because i i'm presented with these two things where i'm like okay the psychological terror uh and kind of self-awareness and satire there's also fuck it let's just do a let's just do a uh basic horror sequence with whatever you know whatever things we have around us at the time um you have these two kind of polar, not polar opposites, but like two different motivations for why you're creating a horror movie. And I think the self-aware, like I am now sitting after watching Megan, it's kind of broken my brain a little because I'm like, what do I want? What do I want out of it? I kind of don't think I need the meta anymore. And we all, they're all fucking meta now with that shit. I don't know. It's taste, but I think what we're also circling is, a very common problem, which is that when you try to be everything, you end up not you, being anything. Yeah, that's, I think, what the, that's what I'm it's, alluding to, I think. It's yeah. like, yeah, ooh, Megan's funny sometimes, but also this scene's scary, and I'm like, no, sorry, she's not scary. Um, like right. that TikTok dance scene, that could have been a scary idea, but the, it's not. You right, know? it's not. Um, <laughs> they try to make it scary when she like attacks the woman in the garage, but it's like, eh, I know it's Megan. <laughs> You know, and I know she was going to kill this woman at some point. I, I don't know, man. I like there's nothing. You're not presenting any scary ideas. It's just to kill a robot. It's Chucky, you know. Um, yeah. And that's fine. And so it can live and then and it's like, that. OK, so it's a slasher, but it's not. It can't be too gory. We need to be PG-13. It's a satire, but also it's like eh, it's got to be emotional, but not that emotional. Like the, the like the part where they say that the little girl is going to get attached to Megan. She throws a fucking fit. When they take Megan away, yeah, and then and she it just feels sort of kind of unwarranted, you know, a little yeah, bit. I mean, I guess but, I don't have children, but she loses it. But that okay, that's what they're setting up, and then she just like has a heart to heart with her, and she's fine, and she's fine, yeah. and you're like, okay, well, do it or don't. But you tried to do both, and then later Megan's like, help me paralyze your aunt, and for a second the aunt thinks the little girl's gonna help, and I'm like, why would you think that? So like she, it, they didn't set right. it up enough for that to be a threat. And she's like, no, don't do it. And then she's like, you forgot about our other member of the family and it's the robot. And You're it's right. like, yeah, no shit. She's going to do that. Like, so it's trying to do all the things. It's trying to um, have everything. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. And so personally, if I, if I, what I wanted from this movie and I, I don't right. speak from everybody, I think drop all the metaphors mm-hmm. and go with a slasher. Yeah, Megan is a terrific slasher villain. She's yeah. she's funny to watch. She's dancing. It's fun. 
And so just take that and add so much more gore. Just starts if, killing indiscriminately. Yep. You know, let's fucking go. Yep. That's a better You're making movie. a sequel. Yeah. Put a hard R on that, baby. Copy and have, the hard drive and put it put it out to sea and someone will find it like fucking Jumanji. I don't give a shit about my sequels if that's yep. the type of movie I'm doing. But you're coming at me with like, it's kind of like ex machina i'm like you you ain't even in the fucking same weight class motherfucker right. right you're trying to make a robot what what is what is like life and a cool dance what is sequence it's like taken fucking yeah. taken yeah i've been creeped out successfully by other ai films don't yeah but that's that's so the thing here's, that's what they don't they don't care they that's why no, the good pg-13 enough. was decided it's good enough fucking they four quadrant risk adverse bullshit right which is really <laughs> which really bums me out when it's a horror movie because horror movies are a specific it's genre a bastion these days it still feels that way it definitely what, was in the 2010s yeah it's what really bugged me and i know this is a different podcast entirely about werewolf by night the marvel horror where i was like if you're gonna do it do it but they made like a four quadrant like Oh, it's look, it's like an old classic horror, but it's not actually like that. And then he's like kind of the hero and then he has a superhero sequence. And it's like, so not a horror. You didn't actually make a horror. Make a horror. And I'm I'm mm-hmm. kind of sick of horror movies not like like again, if you're gonna make the menu, which is great, make the menu. Make a comedy a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. That's what the menu is. If you're gonna make a horror, make a horror and try to scare me. Uh, but yeah. this is like, oh, we're actually, we're just kind of, it's silly and it's fun and it's for everyone apparently. Um, and and we're not going to do like, okay, if you're fun, yeah, be, be gory then. If you're not going to be gory, be scary. If you're not going to mm-hmm. be scary, tr- d- actually have a message. But it's just none of that. And <laughs> it does like kind of uh, short circuit me. Did you see the Twitter? This is, I'm just jumping on to different topics now. Sure. I see the twi- the tweet that was like uh, the creator of Mithrigan, uh on like writing the title for the third film. Oh fuck. <laughs> you know, like, oh, that's good. The idea, like, it, it's no, definitely so- a memeable movie. It's like they're they. You know how they have that? What, well, what's the term for it when you're on the internet and like you? They're they're just like baiting you with uh with like a bait. bait? Not click. I mean, it is the same kind of concept, but it's like to make you mad, to make you go like, "This isn't a real opinion someone has." It's kind of like rage, a form like of rage baiting, rage or like, baiting or whatever. It feels like a rage bait movie, that's, not rage that's what bait. Bums, but, yeah, that's what bummed me out from the trailer because Malignant got that right. And the the I would again, I'm not a big fan of Malignant, but I would argue Malignant earned it. Because they weren't like, you won't believe the memes of this movie. They right. this, they pitched it like a horror movie, and then you have to watch it, and then word of mouth was like, oh, trust me, it's not what it seems. Go see it. Um, this was like, it front-loaded it. Like the writer said specifically, they were bummed that they showed the TikTok dance in the trailer, because that was supposed to be kind of a, not a reveal, right. but like a surprise moment. But clearly they were like, no, we got to push it. Push the memes. Um, and and to some extent they did successfully do that i did see megan referred to as like a um a gay icon because it's two mommies at the end and and i've heard people say like they even made her wig look cheap so drag queens can do megan Megan, Um, and that's funny to me is that like they're right but again that's right who's dressing megan (laughs) 
It's the director of fucking home. I think Homebound is that movie called. It's a it's a very it's a director I like. Uh-huh. Um, Gerard Johnstone, uh, mm-hmm. who directed Housebound, is what it's called. Yeah, Housebound's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, I don't know what's happening over there. <laughs> no, I think this was a studio. I really do think because it's the writer Malignant, and so what that triggers in my mind is that they were trying to make a Malignant happen again. And they wanted to force it this time. And they, I do yeah. think there were studio notes that kind of degraded this film from what it might have been. I think it definitely got turned into... I think it, down the line, it definitely got turned into a PG-13. Because James Wan, he directed um, Malignant. And so he probably had enough pull to say, no, we're keeping it R. They right. probably had less pull here. And uh, I think they they downgraded to PG-13. I think there were rewrites that fucked up the arc. Mm -hmm. And I think they were like, let's push the meme, push the meme. And it worked. And it will work. And it works. That's that's what I'm terrified of. What I bet, Jason Blum, if you're listening to this. Yes, um, First of all, read my script. But also, Mm -hmm. Jason Blum, if you're listening to this, um, make Megan 2 R-rated. And now that you've gotten that, now that you've gotten that hook for everybody... Go for it. Like, I want to see Megan 2, like, take place on, like, a boat with millionaires and they're auctioning off, like, Like a repaired, refurbished version of Megan as, like, like, like rich weirdos um, or, like, thinking of, like, maybe they're going to weaponize her. And then she just goes nuts and make it a slasher where she just kills everybody. Really, uh, Brandon, Brandon Cronenberg it up. Yeah, something. Make it so that it's, like, the random nobody's on the ship like working in like 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 the the wait wait staff or something is the hero and like all the rich people get killed because everybody Mm -hmm. loves seeing rich people did you just um and just have fun with it i don't know so you're telling him to make under siege with robots yeah no just i'm just saying make megan an uh, two an r-rated slasher and don't try to fucking elevate it just have fun with it. That's right. D- d- basically, you have they can do what they should have done with this one. They can make Megan two. They can make people walking out of Megan two and going, oh, "Okay, that's what Megan needs to be." Yes. You know what I mean? Kind of the same way you look at Friday the Thirteenth and you're like, "Well, I mean, this is a little different, but it's like the first movie is good, but it doesn't define that series in the least, right?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They can calibrate this and they can make Megan yeah. a iconic slasher villain. I just don't think. Uh, they did it in this one. And I think what they're hinting at, because they do a post or like they do a final like epilogue scene where uh, we kind of focus in ominously toward the the um, the Alexa equivalent. Right. And, it, and you know that she was fucking with that shit earlier because Alexa started like using words that she wouldn't use. And like, so you could tell that the robot was like on low-key like fucking with the programming of this device so does that mean that the sequel is actually gonna be like alexa versus uh, like a home invasion kind of deal like is that um, is that gonna be like you're I, invaded no, by think, a, right. the robots in the home i'm guessing they'll either drop that completely from the sequel or they'll do a thing where i, right. I do think someone will put megan back together and then the ai in that alexa will get back into the robot Right, because we need to, to get, right? we need to, yeah, because the the sizzle is the is the the fact that it's a little doll, uh, yeah. walking around. Yeah, you can't have like in a 
but it's just weird that they went that way. But I guess it yeah. all makes sense because it's just like, yeah, she Wi-Fi connects to everything because that's what Megan does. Right. I would argue to its credit, Megan takes a bunch of things from other films and mixes it together to make a superior slasher film than like Chucky. Mm-hmm. I think it took the Chucky element, obviously. Um, and then it took like creepy little girl and then it took like Terminator because Terminator is a factor here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. By the way, to compliment this film, there is one thing I did like, which is how incredibly hard it is for them to kill Megan at the end yeah. where they literally have to like rip her face off, disassemble her and while she's like strangling yeah. them and like find her brain and bust it. And I enjoyed, I liked that they, it went Terminator where it's yeah. like, this thing's hard to kill. It shouldn't be. You right. shouldn't have made a doll like this. But it, it yeah, is, this is not... like, it's very <laughs> visceral. I love the... that. The, just, let, what if we dress up Terminator as, like, American dolls? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's the pitch, right? Right. And uh, it's, it's that's, silly, but that's the point. You that's know? the point. Right. And so, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Let's get a slasher going that's really our, and then we'll take you more seriously. Right, uh, because... But, whatever this is, is more of an indictment on the way we make movies and less on the career trajectories or quality of work that the people who worked on this movie are capable of. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. My feeling on this movie is the more I think about it, the more I'm frustrated by it because I did enjoy it. I saw it in the theater. I walked out and I, I, I saw it with Hannah and I was like, that was fun. I had fun, you know, and mm-hmm. I didn't have much to say about it. And, and if I didn't have to podcast about it, I would have just been like, yeah, Megan's fun. Forget it. You know, it's not my favorite. It's fun. That's true. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, there's a lot of good stuff here um, that they just didn't follow through on. And it's frustrating that that's the case where I like, I see a lot of potential in Megan. And of course, if (laughs) most people, it, it made a lot of money, obviously it succeeded. But uh, so who am I to say that about it? Um, mm-hmm. But I just see a movie that could have been here, you know, uh, that it didn't follow through on that could have we could have been like, I don't think in six months we're going to be thinking about Megan. I think if Megan had done its full potential, we would be. We That's would be. What it comes yeah. back I think to. I think you're right about that. I think it could have been a just a genre of film that was spectacular. Um, yeah. The people would be like, holy shit. What it could have should have, you know? Yeah. Any one of these things could be classics if they are classic, but it's frustrating once again. I mean, I know we're wrapping up, but like the, <clears throat> there's a sequence and like, I, I'm a director by trade. And so I always want to look at like how they kind of piece together sequences. And like, we learn that Gemma is the sister of the mother of in the first scene of the movie like this is the second scene in the movie what i'm describing right. because of a phone call so the mother and father of katie die in this crash right and then we get a phone call a shot of a city and then we get a shot of katie in a hospital bed kind of bloody and being examined and then we cut to the house of Gemma, and katie is cleaned up and walking and it's fine but now she's walking into her house that's actually very efficient. I love it. It's like yeah. it shows that the filmmakers are not going to waste your time in trying to set up scenes where it's like now we have to get Katie uh, to be like 
this like essentially is now orphaned so she has to be kind of adopted by Gemma and we have to work out that scene and there's a scene where they talk and stuff like that no just cut to you know the process of things you know how this might go oh she's at the front door well i guess right. all those other stuff have all that other stuff happened and, and it's the movie... like oh you're actually good at like jumping ahead if like you're treating me as intelligent which is right good. And the, yeah and the movie also knows like we talked about we joked about <laughs> megan's prototype exploding which i thought she was going to explode again at the end that seemed like a good setup um but to all the way to like now she's functional um the movie knows, like, we don't need to spend 40 minutes with them working on Megan. We just need Megan in 25 minutes, right? Right. Like, and, and so if it's a little silly, like, in a little rushed, so be it. Because the point isn't to tell a realistic story of how this doll is created, right? Right. Or why. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a silly idea from the start. Um, and we know it and we're not going to, yeah, like the movie is very efficient in setting everything up, I would say. Um, and it's just weird that they chose in other times not to treat us like we, I don't know. It's, it's, right. it's Again, too mixed up it, because I can think of uh, examples in both everything. ways, but it, yeah, ultimately I think we're just a broken record here. You know, yeah. it, uh, see if you can see if you can, uh, if you like this movie. You know, I assume that some of the stuff that we're talking about that bothers us doesn't bother you. I want to know how your brain works. I want your brain. Give me your brain. <laughs> well, no, again, I can't stress this enough. I do like, like, the def, like, by definition, I like this movie. I'll probably watch it again. Um, mm-hmm. it, 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 but uh, the writer in me can't help but to look at it and go, hmm, such a, it's a wasted potential here. Well, it's just like, a, yeah. and so I am, I'm hoping they could make it up in the sequel um because i do think the stuff that i would cut is like the attempt at making it mean anything (laughs) i think you can get rid of that and just make just have more fun with it i think it leans closer to being fun like that side um than the side of elevated horror where it's trying to make you cry or give you a message you know (laughs) um and so like uh overall i enjoyed it for what it was i just think I, I don't know. I, I think they this could have been like a classic. Um, do you know, uh, you know? Do, uh, do you know what John Carpenter said when he was introduced to the term elevated horror? Oh, I, I think I do. But yeah, say it. It was just like, what's that? <laughs> yeah, because why? What the fuck? What? Well, what no, it's true is that, is that all, all horror should be elevated. I think Jason Bloom actually said the way he picks horror movies, um, which is funny considering the movie where talking about but it's a good way to pick them is he said i am i take out all the scares in my mind and ask is it still a movie like does it still have a character arc does it still have yeah you know and it's like that is true it's like that's a good way to look at horror movies it's like they all should be elevated right it, it, um, it is and it isn't because then what you do have is you have uh created a fictional movie that doesn't exist you've created two movies now one that yeah. doesn't exist and one that you're gonna make um, I don't know how that's helpful. It's hard because I am. I do think about that too, which is like, if you took the script for, if you took the script for like Big Trouble in Little China, mm-hmm. I bet it wouldn't look like much. And then you watch it, and you're like, oh fuck, because a lot of it's like, yeah, you have to be there. You got to see what we're gonna do. Right. Um, it's yeah. hard. 
sometimes like and megan i think is one where it's like i kind of like this kind of script it would been like i my rewrite of this script would be i would remove all the stuff that tried to give it meaning and replace that with very descriptive uh scenes of megan murdering people yeah uh, yeah and be like no this think is of, what um, you want so like dead alive right yeah like dead that, is, that has no, that is very little plot but the movie is not just like one person could, I think, uh, you know, kind of be reductive and say it's just because it's all there with the gore. But if you watch that movie, all this, all the gore scenes are like, like Simpsons bits, you know, yeah. like they're like elaborate bits of like, oh, so he's got, he, uh, oh, this particular, uh, they're doing like, um, a three stooges thing or something like that. And like they play it out. Like you could script that shit and say, this is why it's going to be fun. Yeah. They should do that with Megan and say like, she kills him in this fashion. You know? Yeah. Like, I want to like, descri- yeah, yeah. actually, yeah. I want to describe the murders in this film. I know we said we were wrapping up, but yeah, yeah. Um, real quick is that the dog, she kills a dog. FYI. They yeah. don't show that. She kills a little kid by chasing him into traffic. She rips off his ear which is okay. Um, that's a good uh, starting point, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The one where it's supposed to be like, and here we go. Here we go. Here we it's go. the owner of the dog, and she's in the shed, and Megan approaches her. And I was like, oh, here we fucking go. Mm-hmm. She sprays her with a, I believe it's supposed to be a power washer, right? Yeah. Now, in an R-rated movie, she would strip off her face. Yeah but this is a PG-13 movie. So it just looks like she sprays her with a hose. Yeah. And the woman just goes, ah! And then they cut to like a psycho shot, basically, of yeah. the water and it's bloody. And that's it. And it's like, you su- you gave me a fucking power washer and that's what Didn't you do with it? it? Yeah. Are you kidding me? You, have you seen what a power washer can do? Come on. Yeah. And then, but the this is the biggest thing is like, Anybody could kill someone that way. Mm-hmm. Why? What makes Megan what makes unique? Him, yeah. She later stabs a guy <laughs> after doing a dance. A and it was like, again, like, yeah, anybody can him. do that. And the stab is so PG-13 that there's it's, no blood. It's behind. Yeah, it's she stabs from behind. So it's the typical shot that we see, like the Game of Thrones murder, you know, like it's right. a, gets stabbed right behind, like from behind. And we can't see who did the stabbing until the person falls. Right. It's like it's the like, most okay. PG shit ever. The biggest surprise to me is if someone came out and said they never wanted it to be gory because that would blow my mind. Um mm-hmm. Because you're making a movie about a slasher movie about a little girl doll. It's like what you want to see there is her punch through people. You want to see her rip a person in half. Yeah. You want to see her crawl through ducks uh, and like squirm around or like her body contort in weird ways. You want to see her do things that only a robot can do to kill people at that Mm -hmm. point. Uh, It doesn't even have to be high budget, like just ripping through somebody crushing their head and they don't do any of that all the murders are things that any human could accomplish that's fucking wild to me that's it's uh number one problem with the movie i mean we we identified that the movie never doesn't go through with it this is the product of that this is why it the, if the if it did succeed in these ways, I think that we would be less harsh on it because yeah, we'd be like, at least there's this, you know. Yeah, and and to anybody who says I liked it, I liked it too. What we're imagining is a movie where you love it. 
because I don't think anybody listening to this loved this movie. No one loves. I don't think Megan. anybody's like I'm. I'm fucking obsessed with this can, movie. And if you do love Megan, can you DM me? Can you? Yeah. Like I want to talk I'm, to you. Yeah, because imagine what we're describing here and how much better that would be as a horror movie or as a slasher right. movie, which is I can't stress this enough the genre of this movie. Right. Um, right. It's right now, by the way, the genre listed, horror, mystery, thriller, sci-fi, comedy, which if that doesn't describe the problem, I don't know what does. I don't know what does. Very, yeah. very true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't... I I don't know what keeps something uh, a B-movie, like a beloved B-movie. I don't know what makes it. Make it I memorable. Don't think make it I, stick. I think it all has to come down to is just uh, scrappy... That's what makes it a B movie, but memorable. That's what makes it a good movie. I don't yeah. know what is memorable about this. I mean, I know the TikTok dance is going to be m- memefied. That's, that's it. And that's all a movie needs is one, right? So apparently that that's what scares me the most when I come out of this. Like, okay, so wh- think whatever you want to think about this movie. Going forward, what's the lesson that we're teaching people who make movies that this kind of behavior should be uh encouraged i'm scared of that Uh, like an old man clutching to his old ways i'm scared uh Mm -hmm. because i really do think that it will become a like all right what's your tiktok moment you know like that will be a way in which we make movies what's tiktokable what's 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 a thing that i could play on a gift that can replay show me that okay that you got a movie kid and it's like now you're just using a different barometer for success you're you're using shareability as your barometer for success not quality you're using the well yeah terrifies me you're using the fact that home video sales don't exist anymore and so you just have to you have to get you have those to make fucking bumps in the happen. seats in the first weekend, yep. and that's, that's that. I mean, that is a that is the way I put it is more of like a hopeful, like let's change the thing. But your your statement is much more of an indictment on like the reality that we live in, and that's also tr- fair and true. Yeah, but here um, we are. Here Just we wanting are. wanting to like a, a horror movie about a little girl who's a robot. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's I do I think. Um, Last year was a good year for horror comedy. I don't think it was a great year for horror, um, but there's tons of that still coming out. I mean, fucking before this movie was a, a trailer for Infinity Pool, and let mm-hmm. me tell you, that's not a movie designed to get, to be memed. Yeah, <laughs> that's I, not a getting butts in the and seat. That's, that, and that's going to fail, and it's probably yep. going to you know might be awesome. Let's it change be. that. I want to yeah. see some gifs of uh, Infinity Pool. Yeah, hit us pool. up. Hit, hit up some Infinity Pool. Let's get a meme going. Let's get. Yeah. That's all. That's the, what the Cronenbergs need because they do have those moments in the movie. Actually, they really do. Uh, but it's like, yeah, why can't we like that? I don't know. There's something ineffable about like Megan dressed up like the fucking Victorian orphan that she is. Yeah. And like just doing that dance. There's there's something that I can't. If I knew it. When I saw it, I would be making millions of dollars, you know? Well, what, no, what it is, okay, um, in my head, there's always two types of horror movies. Mm-hmm. There's a horror movie that's like, we're, we're actually set out to upset you. That's yeah. the point of this movie. Right. Uh, you're not we, like, oh, you, you want to be scared? Yeah, we're going to make you scared. We're going to scare you. Uh, we want to upset you. Then there's the other si- side, which is teenagers on a date. And there's nothing wrong with either. Mm-hmm. Um, Slasher movies tend to be in between those two. Like, obviously, it's this whole spectrum. 
Um, but you look at like the PG-13 horror movies that come out, they're meant to say, okay, teenagers on a date uh, or teenagers in general mm-hmm. want to go see a movie. They want to see a horror movie. They want jump scares. Um, you know, there's a fucking jump scare in this. I think it's the dog bark at the beginning that was right. super cheap. Um, <clears throat> for the most part, this didn't have too many jump scares, which was nice. Um, but they're just like, we're going for, it's basically a B movie, which is like, yeah, we're just going for something for teens to watch. Uh, we're not trying to truly horrify you. We're not trying to make you fucking like not sleep. We're not going to try to stick with you. It's just like, oh, look at that creepy old lady, you know? It's yeah. that side. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, it's a it's a ghoul of some sort. And Slasher tends to do that where it's like, yeah, it's a guy in a mask, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, slashers have the advantage of their kills being especially creative, which is why I think we love slashers, which is that slashers are simple on the brain, but fun as hell. Um, you can make a game out of anything, you know? Yeah. That's So if you want to make comedy or you just want to make it interesting... Look yeah, at like I, martial arts movies. That's the same kind of thing. Like and cut to the gore, or like with yeah. martial arts movie, cut to the kicking. Uh, you can't tell me that there aren't artful, you know, just well done, like Legend of Drunken Master kind of martial arts movies, where it's like right. every fucking thing is a game, and it's like, oh, this is amazing. You can do that. Friday the Thirteenth and others have done it. Right. And I, I here's the thing: is I think what it used to be, and I, I have no nothing to back this up is that back in the day when they thought of teen date movies, mm-hmm. they thought of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. They thought of no- Nightmare on Elm Street, part two, three, four, five, etc. right? Mm-hmm. They thought Scream. I saw Scream as a teenager, right? Um, you, you have someone older go in, or they didn't card as much, etc., etc. Right, right. um, and those were what Megan is filling, Right. That's um, it just purpose, seems like more seems. likely or more lately they've been taking those films and making them less gory and more because those films always became, you know, not they're all some of them are forgettable. Some are. Mm-hmm. But what made them always kind of stick around was the fucked upness of them. Right. Right. The cult classics were ones where it's like um, fucking prom night two, where you're like, what the fuck am I even mm-hmm. seeing? It's filled with sex and violence. And it just uh, it just feels like there's now this like era of like safer horror, I guess, mm-hmm. that end up kind of getting becoming very forgettable um, because they want to be for teenagers and they want to be like, oh yeah, you, you we want we want to make sure they can see it, so it's PG thirteen. That's the vibe I get, and I think Megan just leaned too far into that, where it's like. There's millions of those, and they all disappear after a year. You know, Winchester. Anybody remember yeah. fucking Winchester? <laughs> like this, uh, this like, this like version of horror movies where they're like, make it for under ten mil, make it like PG thirteen. You make a bunch of money in the box office, and you're out. And then no one remembers them again. And Megan just was like, it didn't have to be that. <laughs> and did. maybe it isn't, but not it's this sort of way. Is. Not this way. Yeah, not like this. Um, it's yeah. It I I have nothing to add to that point because you nailed it. Uh, mm-hmm. I I have posits as to why it's true. Like the PG thirteenification of everything has to me. It's still like what's the cause? I mean, the root cause is to make more money. 
I'm not talking yeah. about that, but it's like, what is also the motivating factor for like cleaning up horror? Is that a, a statement on like our society trying to be more like responsible with no. what we show the youth? Probably to, not. I, prob- I don't think so. But you can make the argument. Then, then there's the other thing, which well, is that it's just a, it's becoming a more commonplace genre. It's more popular, and therefore the kind of PG thirteenification occurs, kind of like it did with adventure movies. Right, and you could make like I, I would argue I, I don't remember if Nope is PG thirteen, but that could have been an easy PG thirteen while still being a good movie. Because if you're making elevated horror, um, mm-hmm. that's different, right? When you have something to say, when you're actually, but like, when you're making like, we're just trying to get teens to go see movies, right? It's it's like a little cynical, but it's kind of uh, one of the best things about horror, right? Mm-hmm. Again, no one made the third Friday, the or thirty, th- no, sorry, the third Nightmare on Elm Street, right. thinking this is going to be an elevated horror. This is going to mean something. No. Um, and I think what it really comes down to is, I think home video sales was a huge part of horror. It really was. I think was. more than any yeah. other genre where it's like, okay, put some put some boobs in it, right? Uh, put some gore in it. Right. Um, there's obviously pl- problematic elements from the era I am describing. I, I know this. But the um, the idea was like, make it bloody. Make, make someone fucking have their tendons ripped out and their fucking uh, Freddy Krueger is using them like a marin- marionette. Have Jason Voorhees like chop these people up. Uh, have people have lots of sex. Will teens see it in theaters? Maybe not. Maybe they won't be able to, right? And so it becomes this like, ooh, I got to see that movie, but I'm not over 18. And maybe you don't do great in theaters, but guess what happens after that? It goes on rental, and guess guess what's going on? Everybody's fucking getting their grubby little hands on it. Right. People who are underage. And it probably, that's, I'm guessing that is how it worked, right? Is like, Mm, forbidden mm-hmm. horror movie too shocking for for youngsters and then everybody rents it everybody gets it everyone everybody gets watches it. it yes 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 that's exactly how it operates and, and now they're like we need to get them there in the theater and yeah. so the safest way to do that is we can't make it gory we can't make we can't it do we can't do all make the it. things we have to make a pg-13 so that families will come yeah, and we can't make it over the top in specific ways. And I, yeah. Because I, the loners, the people who did home movies, who were like, I just want to watch a movie to myself, kind of the power users of movies in a way, uh, right. have just gone to streaming. So it's almost like this monolithic uh, situation that we put ourselves into is now, I mean, has been for a decade, but like, really, we're starting to feel it now with the movies that are being made. There's only a few types of movies that truly can be like a success in that way, like yeah. a Top Gun Maverick or something like that. You know, yeah. like it's designed to be that blockbuster thing anyway. It's supposed to be safe. Some it's films supposed are supposed to be. to be safe. Yeah. Whereas Megan this wasn't. is not supposed to be safe. So how do you how do you build it? Much less how do you market it? Well, yeah. the marketing and the building now becomes set uh, between two kind of masters right where you have this marketing that is like well any form of life that we can show that isn't rated r that is what we're going to be pitching at everyone screaming it atop a mountain and the builders of the movie are like yeah but that's not the reason we built it 
and I don't know why we built it, to be honest, <laughs> uh, is the vibe I'm getting with some of this other stuff where it's just like yeah. they, they are trying 80 different things, throwing everything that they can at it because they can't do the one thing they want to do. Right. And that's... Yeah. That's, I guess, a review of Megan, which kind of yeah. becomes sad when you think of it because it's not anyone's fault except no, our and own. I keep going back to <laughs> I enjoyed watching it at the time. Right. And I think a lot of our frustration has to do with like what this symbolizes to me, which is a movie that we've, you know, to sum up, tried to rely on being a meme, um, had to be safe for theaters. Uh, and in another era would have been a gory B movie. Uh, it would have been a, it would have been a slasher, um, that went all out. And so you look at this and you're like, this could have been the next big Jason Voorhees, you know? Uh, but it, it just doesn't do it. And I think what it, it makes me sad for is like, what could happen? The other movies that are like this, you know? Uh, that can come after it that's gonna try to be this safe it's just weird to see a horror movie uh be like ha, like be like bumper bowling it's weird to see a horror movie pull back when it obviously shouldn't have yes it sh- obviously shouldn't have yeah uh, but w- again you're you're listening to two people who are writers and we take uh, the most joy uh, in the world by the construction of these things. So our gripes and our, you know, kind of analysis is coming from a place that isn't necessarily your maximum enjoyment of a movie. It's ours. So that's always something that has to be said. Kind of, I don't want to, I don't want anything that we've said to really be like, this is a a definitive, like, yes, Megan is not good for these reasons. I think if you've listened to this podcast before, to We Just Watch... You know, we're not experts. This is opinions. Um, it's all I, opinion, baby. Plenty of people, I'm sure, has disagreed with us. Uh, you know, I'm, whatever. And I really do. This is like uh, excellent. To me, this has been an excellent conversation, only in that it. Anytime yes, we're very can, smart. Abe. We're very smart. Um, anytime, though, there's a like a movie is indicative of like the repercussions of other movies. Uh, then we start getting, we're starting to talk about trends and that's where it gets good to me. Uh, I think I want to keep this trend conversation going because I don't have the answer, but like, I think we do have the power to make better movies and ask our, by voting with our purchase power, but also just by talking, the internet is a powerful tool. It can move people. So like, let's get a thing going where we talk about how Megan could have been better. Let's make a yeah. fan version of Megan, maybe. I don't know. Fuck it. A what? A fan a f- version? Let's a- meme Let's meme the let's fact meme. that Megan should should have been more gory. Yeah. I, honestly, make... make Just add uh, so someone take Yeah, someone take the murder sequences in this and make it gorier. Like, I don't know, Photoshop it. Do your magic. <laughs> Just spice it up a bit, baby. Spice it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's know. what we want. Please make it for us. We're mm-hmm. not going to do it. We don't have to keep talking about Megan now, do we? No, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Oh, cool. So what? Um, I guess we can just end the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, um, thank you so much, everybody. Abe, you want to plug some stuff again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mentioned patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's the name of the thing uh, that I'm a part of. We're also making a movie. That's crazy. Right, 
that's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. This year we were like, I'm going to make a movie and, and me and Mike are making sure that we're doing that. So right now trying to get funding and all that stuff we're going to do in a, in a month or two here, we're going to do a Kickstarter. So look out for that. But also if you go and do the small beans thing right now, uh, you can go back and listen. We're transparently making it in front of everyone. So we have like pot, like I guess they're movie diaries that essentially go into the making of a movie. If you're interested in that kind of stuff. Um, so we do that. We're making a movie. It's called Papa Bear. Keep it on your radars is all I have to say right now. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Uh, I'll plug uh, the Patreon that you're listening to this on Gamefully Unemployed. We have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gamefully, G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y, unemployed for just five of your human dollars a month. Uh, you get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts, such as Tom and Jeff Watch Batman and Fox Mulder is a Maniac. We do podcasts with the Small Beans, uh, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and Spielboys. Uh, we have a t-shirt merch store. If you go to GamefullyUnemployed.com, you get access to that. We also watch movies every Friday night with our patrons and have a, a, a bunch of other tiers on there that you can look at. Uh, and we're on Twitter, GamefullyUn. Uh, that's probably the easiest way for now to get updates about what we're doing and what we're, you know, what our deal is. Yeah. Uh, What's your deal? Yeah. I'll check that's that out. That's our deal. Looking it and, up right now. Oh, yeah. www.twitter.com. Dot com slash. I want to say forward slash. I can't tell what it is, but keep going. Okay. Gamefully. Gamefully. Underscore. Un. No, no underscore. No underscore. Just no gamefully fucking, un. No. 